Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact. Well, it's Monday. That means time to talk entrepreneurship here on Classic Business, uh, where we really pay tribute to uh, the small and medium-sized enterprises, the SMEs in South Africa, who have long been cited as the most critically important uh, means of generating new jobs and promoting economic growth where uh, unemployment is a stark reality. We really need to raise up the story of our entrepreneurs and building a stronger SME sector in the country is just a logical step that will help both uh, ordinary South Africans and the economy in many, many ways. Regretfully, though, most small firms fail within the first two years if they don't receive significant help. Well, to find out how one of the most successful early stage investors and incubators has managed to intervene so successfully over the years, I'm joined now by Janice Johnson, CEO of Edge Growth Ventures, to unpack uh, the significance of a more robust SME sector in 2024. Janice, welcome to the show. Thank you, Michael. Wonderful to be on your show with you and uh, certainly look forward to discussing this uh, really important segment of the economy. Now, put it into context for us. Just how important are SMEs in terms of job creation and economic upliftment in South Africa? Michael, their importance cannot be overstated. A recent report um, by the IFC states that SMEs generate about 34% of the country's GDP, and even more critically, they employ approximately 60% of its workforce. And as we know, with the various headwinds that are um, sort of facing corporate South Africa, job creation is definitely um, happening at an extremely pedestrian level. So in order to be able to address some of the stark challenges of unemployment, we are going to have to look to our SMEs to really um, carry uh, the opportunities and, and to unlock some real growth potential in the broader landscape. How important is it that bigger established business, and we often talk about corporate South Africa and SMEs as uh, almost isolated and distinct from each other, but it's a far more symbiotic relationship, isn't isn't it? You know, we talk about payment in 30 days and that kind of thing. How important is collaboration between big and small business in the country? Yeah, it's it's such a fundamental part um, of creating these opportunities in the um, B2B segment for SMEs. And to be honest, there's been some great work um, in terms of the um, uh, legislation of BE requirements um, for supply development and enterprise development contributions um, within the various um, sectors, which has placed the role of SMEs SMEs um, more at the focus for some of these big corporates, and they certainly um, have played um, played a part. But there is more to be done um, because being able to ensure that they get within that supply chain, um, that there's support um, for them to get the various contracts, uh, both in terms of size um, and consistent quality, will really be um, such key growth uh, vectors um, for these companies. The codes, I think, are extremely important. Enterprise and supply development in particular has some great success stories. It's also got lots of stories where 
uh, firms have uh, told me on my show they've been through these programs for a year, two years. There was a certain degree of uh, mentorship and incubation. But then afterwards, the PO, the purchase order, just never arrived. And many of the, the SMEs felt that um, perhaps the, the program was a little bit misleading or maybe wasn't worth their time. What are the barriers that you see currently that exist that hinder effective collaboration? And, and what strategies do you propose for overcoming these uh, when we talk about effective enterprise and supplier development? I mean, I think that's definitely a, a fair um, comment and reflection, and it has, in certain cases, been a bit of a mixed bag. You know, extremely catalytic um, for certain SMEs, and and possibly less so for others. Um, so one would need to under unpack what were the thinking within those particular corporates. Um, or um, sort of areas where they were struggling to get over the line to provide more business um, within, you know, to the SMEs into their supply chain. But a lot of it does come with this need um, for uh, pre-investment or pre-support uh, um, to get those SMEs ready for these bigger contracts, ensuring that they have the right scaffolding and infrastructure in order to deliver and scale to meet the requirements of the bigger corporate invoices that they need um, to be uh, articulated. So I think it's definitely a bit on both sides in terms of where the responsibility sits. Um, and and that is where you know the likes of edge growth and, and other kind of support providers can play a critical role. Yeah, because you you may have a great uh, product or service, but in order to offer that to your point at scale or at a consistent quality that is demanded by by a corporate offtaker can be a challenge. I know there's some very innovative solutions. I've I've heard of some programs that uh, that um, collate different SME providers maybe around a similar product to to reach a scale threshold and uh, and maybe working uh, in collaboration with other smaller providers one can overcome those barriers but it, it is all about innovating every I think every corporate is different every procurement process is is different uh, but one does need the fundamentals you know the the good financial management and the governance processes and all of those I'm sure edge edge can bring in the big one for me is digital transformation because that's often emphasized as this necessity for sustainable growth within the SME sector and also where SMEs are a lot more agile and nimble to embrace and adopt new technologies how should SMEs be thinking about the digital opportunity set especially given that often it's a sector with limited financial resources so I think the the real growth in the digital transformation um, area is really going to be hugely beneficial for SMEs as um, the cost of some of these um, particular programs um, and um, platforms have come down quite substantially and they can really use some of them in the most effective way, be that cloud computing, be that improved data analytic capabilities or even um, some artificial intelligence intelligence in order to streamline some of their processes and procedures um, even further. 
So I think there's there's a lot um, that can be done at a reasonably co- in a reasonably cost effective way to provide a more robust uh, operation and also in order for them to understand their business and the various business segments um, at a even deeper level, which will enable them to be more agile and um, sustainable going forward. I think a big challenge for all businesses, not just um, uh, small businesses, but big businesses as well, is to stay abreast of these new technologies and also to um, know when to hire in the skills if you don't have them or when to partner with someone who does have the skills. And I just think skills development in general is crucial for any business to remain competitive and to drive growth. For SMEs, how can they prioritize and invest in skills development, especially considering their potential resource constraints and, and especially when you're competing against other larger employers? Um, how can SMEs stay in the skills development race? So the, the SMEs actually have a lot to offer in skills development, particularly as it comes to more sort of hands-on and collaborative approaches, because they're obviously dealing with a slightly smaller um, workforce, and potentially they are able to provide a wider range of skill development across the different um, operations um, or verticals within the business, which can be hugely beneficial to provide a more uh, robust and um, strong workforce um, to meet the various um, demands and also can facilitate a lot of um, knowledge sharing uh, within the various um, staff complements. It it is, however, crucial that they do get some support um, externally as well um, to enhance what they're able to deliver internally. And that often comes um, through various funders who have business development and support budgets uh, through various grant funding that they've been able to raise, which um, they can deploy into these businesses and really ensure that they're getting the right type of um, level of training and um, capacity building that will really set them up um, for their Mm. future growth. Mm. And, you know, it reminds me of the very successful youth employment service, um, which is part of a government incentive to uh, at least uh, take a a bit of a risk on uh, young uh, first time entrance into the labor market. And, you know, often an SME would be loath to do that, given how inflexible our labor laws are perceived to be. I don't know necessarily how much that uh, inflexibility is a perception versus reality on the ground, but the Youth Employment Service has certainly helped there. Given that, what other role do you see government policies and regulations playing in creating a more enabling environment for SME growth? We, we, we often bang about the, you know, the, the differences between SMEs and big business, and yet they operate with the same regulatory burden, the same red tape burden. And I think for many SMEs, it, uh, it can just drown them. What would you like to see from government to better support our SMEs on this front? So I think there, as you mentioned, there are a number of um, elements in terms of actually getting various businesses going um, from a company secretarial perspective that could certainly be made um, a lot more streamlined. Um, there's also some elements within, you know, the 
um, tax regime and set up and, and just generally getting the business going, that would be hugely beneficial if some of those areas could be a bit more user-friendly and um, timeless. And then I think just on a, um extended perspective, um, just having the SME um, sort of top of mind when setting some of these um, regulatory environments such that they can make a distinction between certain um, entities uh, by size and scale uh, so that it's not just a one-size-fits-all perspective, which can be hugely burdensome, um, particularly on, say, like some of the um, labour uh, relations elements as well, which which can make it more of a um, costly and bigger decision yeah. uh, for the SMEs to make when they're wanting to hire and maybe a more flexible environment um, would enable them um, to actually expand those positions even further. Uh, absolutely, especially in a country where we don't have a scarcity of labour. We've got a surplus of labour. I was chatting to Dr. Roy Harverman about this, who is formerly inside Treasury and now CEO of Crutham SA, and it's almost madness that where you've got a surplus labor environment that you would have fairly inflexible labor laws and you'd have minimum wages as well. Um, not that I'm advocating for exploitation, but I think for small businesses, they'd be much more inclined to take a risk, take a gamble with uh, someone who's just entering the labor force if they were um, able to let them go, if they weren't up to the required standard that they were looking for. Um, equally, if there are, well, then you've created uh, one more sticky job in the economy. And with our record levels of unemployment, that has certainly got to be um, one of government's uh, key objectives. Just lastly, Janice, I mean, looking ahead to the rest of the year and beyond, we've just had the budget. There there were some very interesting announcements in the budget that we were chatting about off-air around exchange controls and further relaxation there. Um, what are your main aspirations and objectives for edge growth in terms of supporting S SME development and, and what is your outlook for SMEs this year? Are there any green shoots out there? There definitely are, um, particularly in certain sectors and business models that have, have proved to, um, to be very re resilient to the current economic climate. And um, these tend to be ones that um, have strong financial management, have a wide variety or a, a broader variety of um, uh, financial options um, at, at the ready, um, and ones that have been able to build in some kind of energy uh, sufficiency such that they not as um, influenced or impacted um, by load shedding at the moment, and ones that are really uh, focusing on sustainability um, and the various opportunities that that can actually bring them. You know, often companies tend to think of this as being um, a sort of administrative burden, but um, our uh, sort of our experience is showing that it's actually potentially a great area of expanding into new customer bases and to increasing trust with stakeholders, mm. um, which could certainly build the business um, and really uh, be fully aligned um, to where we see uh, some of the strong trends, uh, both domestically and globally. It reminds me of a blog post that was written by the IMF a couple of months ago in December, saying that the expected net benefit for global domestic products by 2050 in pursuing net zero is a 7% boost to global GDP, which 
far exceeds the cost. Uh, and I think far too often we focus on the cost of things sometime and we don't see the uh, potentially transformative opportunity in the strategies as well. Great chatting to you, Janice Johnson, CEO of Edge Growth Ventures, talking a little bit more about the importance of a more robust SME sector and uh, the role that both business and government can play in uh, supporting our SMEs in this week's Talking Entrepreneurship here on Classic Business. Classic Business with Michael Avery, sponsored by Alex Forbes, for insight, advice and impact.